So what, what has attracted you to stay here? Oh, like, I remember I went home, I think, 2019 to visit, uh, which was the first time I went back to Denmark in three years. I remember coming back over and walking. I'd been in Chelsea to look at, at a show, and I was walking up, like, uh, 23rd Street back and just looking around and seeing the incredible diversity of people just walking around minding their own business yeah but that there was there was so many stories on that sidewalk going on so simultaneously from so many different places and i really think like new york is a tough place to be but it's also an incredible place because there is just like if you get into strange uh, movies from Albany or anything there's gonna be a festival about it you can go see it <laughs> like there is there, like no matter almost no matter what there is something that you can go so the inspiration is endless which can also be absolutely draining <laughs> yeah. and terrifying and like you can get really like clocked up and be like okay i can't do anything because all these and how do they get to do all of these things but there is that energy uh, but have you found i i know from myself the times i visited as a tourist for like two weeks i had that like oh i need to see it all in in mm. 12 days but then when you live here a little longer it's still that endless pool of opportunities and niche things but you also at least i i have found like okay it's also amazing to have an everyday life where mm. you just bike to work, come home, cook your mm. dinner, and it's like, but I'm also living in New York. Yeah, like, yeah. H- how is that balance for no, you? I, I think I think one of the most amazing, so my parents have visited me a few times now, and the one thing that my mom still talks about as the best experience um, is that we went out to Corona Park to see the New York State Pavilion and the museum out there, and then we walked home. Uh, I was living in Queens at that time. So we walked home on, on Roosevelt Avenue underneath the train line and just seeing the life that is, that like my mom is still talking mostly about that walk. Because like seeing all those things that you don't really get to see elsewhere. Yeah, um, and which is not the Statue of Liberty and Empire State Building. Oh, she building, so wants to go see it, but I've taken her to <laughs> show, I've shown her the line that you have to stand in to get a ticket, and then the line you have to stand in to get through the airport security to get out there. And then we just took the Staten Island Ferry and saw it from there instead. Okay. You can have a beer on that boat and it's fine. And then you can remind her that her best experience was the walking <laughs> queens. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what are some of your favorite things about living here? Um, like besi- besides the diversity, I like, so I really love going to museums, galleries, and concerts, and like the insanity of the of the possibilities. Um, but then, then again, also that like, do you, Charles, do you not get overwhelmed by like the enormous like possibilities? Does that not overwhelm you? Like, like there's so many museums and. You can like nerd out about these different things. Does that not overwhelm you? It does at times. Um, 
I just don't think that I've been so aware of it uh, before. Because I would just do, 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 and then I would all of a sudden crash for a weekend. But, um, but yeah, I. But I think also just like that, that you can then also just take a Saturday and you go to the park and then just sit down and just look at what the fuck is going on and then go to one of the amazing restaurants. Yeah. I think also the part about like living here and not knowing when, if you're going to not live mm. here is is balancing out the overwhelmingness in a way because it's yeah. like you could do 10 things every day but then some days you also need and now we've been in a pandemic of course but yeah. some days you also need to stay home but then you know there's a new day tomorrow where 10 other things are going on so it balances out yeah and then actually like i love like so where i live like we have joey down on the corner who is a fishmonger who takes care like he during the pandemic he gave out 60 meals a day for free to citizens in the neighborhood that he just drove out with when when uh, when Biden's victory was announced he took a table put it out on the curb and just filled it with liquor had people walking around with Hennessy bottles just pouring shots to everyone and then the guy across the street yanked out the uh, speaker on his balcony and there was there was like 300 people dancing in that intersection and like that these that that the calmness of the neighborhood and like the belonging in a in a way can flip so quickly into like this explosion of joy and happiness um, that people are a little bit people live a little bit closer to their feelings in certain ways yeah is that is that something you have experienced more during the pandemic because I know I've become closer to my neighbors and, mm. and like during since the pandemic started. But how have you experienced it? Yeah, like I, don't know, I live with my partner, and so like we have become a lot closer. We've spent more time with each other than anyone else. Yeah. Um, but we've we've stayed mostly indoors. Like we've. Uh, I'm 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 lucky that for my work I get to I have to go out about once to twice a week to check out construction sites and other things, which means that I do get to interact with the city. Um, but I think like I just think it's been around the same. Like we 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 moved into a block where we knew a few people already, uh, which we didn't know that they were living there. Um, so I think I think it's been. I think it's been like around the same. Okay. How how about you? Like no, we we yeah. In my building, we kind of started talking more to neighbors and started a whole tenant association. Mm. And people started texting and being like, "Hey, I'm collecting these uh, things for homeless people. If someone wanna contribute." And then mm. we went out to Jane in number three J and gave her things. And then people were like, "Actually, I found out you can look at your rent history." And we've just helped each other <laughs> a lot more. I've never talked to any of these people before the pandemic, so that kind oh, of made yeah. us a little more close. Now we like we've talked to, and also we were trying, but we moved we moved in December 2019. So we had like just a few months to settle and like walk around. Yeah. But yeah, like we made a, a new friend through uh, the distribution of sourdough. 
um, and it's it's still alive in my fridge right uh, now. Okay. But you also talked about the I don't know if he was a landlord or the super in your building who is uh, this this guy you oh. meet every day on the block. Like, can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, Arthur. Uh, Arthur is uh, he's the he's the mayor of the of the block. Arthur, yeah, school <laughs> to Arthur. <laughs> he's he's this kind, seventy-two-year-old little round man that is always sitting on his stoop, or is down in Herbert von Kings Park, and he knows absolutely everyone on the block. I, I'm. It's probably gonna take him two hours to walk the block because he has to stop and talk to everyone. Uh, so. Whenever we see Arthur, we always we always make sure to just spend some time with him, uh, and it makes you feel grounded, and it makes you feel like makes you feel like you belong to a place that that like you have these and is figures. He is he one who's just been living in New York always and just have like stories from back in the days or? Yeah, see, all of his sisters has moved elsewhere. I know, because they keep calling him, he says. Okay. But I think he grew up in New York. Okay. Um, and then also, I don't know uh, no, I don't know where you live, but like the St. James Joy, so the dance party. Basically, St. James Joy, uh, which is on St. James, St. James and Green, uh, they took the whole applauding for um, the um, essential workers. And turned that into now a like it turned into a huge dance party oh, for two hours with a that. sound system and they they just had a couple of weeks ago we just had like the one year anniversary for it um, but getting to know see now their names it's Gloria and I'm gonna say John but I can't remember uh, but getting to know them as well and getting to hear their stories because. So Gloria tells about how they used to live on the block when it was Brownsville. Then it became Bed-Stuy, and then it became uh, Clinton Hill. So how the neighborhood name changes with economic... Uh, uh, Development. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's talking about like how, when they were younger, how she used to curse out... Lil Kim and Biggie because they were sitting down on the stoop throwing their fucking chicken everywhere and she was having a, 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 a young baby on her arm and it's like it's these glimpses into just these insane stories yeah. that are everywhere yeah. and that if you if you try and pay attention and be open to it you can get you can get to be part of, of some of these yeah exactly um, that's that's so amazing when you meet these. Another term I learned, OGs. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, we talked about slangs that I picked up from my American partner, and OG is definitely one of them. That that just tells OG you. OG as as in Killer Mike's term. I don't know what his is, o but OG original gangster. Yeah, but he he calls the OG is Bernie Sanders, and it's the old guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> o also that I I'm very much into that as well, but. In in the more traditional way, I think it's just mm. original gangster, who, yeah, just people who've been around and yeah. who have so many stories to tell, and you can meet them on a lot of New York 
like stoops. Yeah. And they, if you, if you, as you say, if you just pay attention or are open to hear their stories, they have amazing things to tell you. And they, like, as long as you approach people with with an open mind, like they are, everyone is willing to share. Which is again like such a you don't even have to have an old mind. Sometimes you just sit down next to one of them and they're just gonna start. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but um, the openness in the informal social gatherings um, is is it's something I have to get used to. I don't know about you, but that's something Brandon and I also talked about about the Danish way of like meeting people and not maybe being so open and, and stuff. So I think I have two questions. One is like, how is it for you when you're back in Denmark? Like, what do you notice that you didn't notice before when you, like after you've been living in New York? Are there something that stands out that is that you, I feel like the more you live away, the yeah, more yeah. you notice what it, it actually is to, be a Dane or have grown up in Denmark or things like that that you that you didn't think were specific to you or to Danes and then sometimes when you come home it's like okay I actually now living in New York exactly like I, I think I, I meet people with a little more openness and just like mm. and I I'm become a little more easygoing like things develop the way they are you you don't need to like plan everything to the detail and yeah some of those things um, yeah like there is I don't know it's, it, I would I would assume it's the same for you but when you come home like you are so busy because basically there's breakfast with someone then you have to meet someone for lunch yeah. and then there's like hang out at night yes and it's like yanking around to try and cover as much territory as possible that it can actually be difficult to take a day off the the last time i was home where in which was in relation to the exhibition i did uh, my partner and i very deliberately said oh let's take one day off to just walk around the two of us and just look at the place because we didn't realize we didn't have the no, time to do it. Just be here. Because there's always someone to meet. Um, but yeah, I think one of the things that I I would say that one of the things that I've noticed is um, how we in Denmark believe we are so open-minded and so accepting and how closed off that place actually is. Um, I, I vividly remember when uh, when former uh, President Trump signed his Muslim ban and how quickly people were out in the airport protesting and, and shutting everything down and protesting this and I held that to up to like because I was talking to a lot of friends about it and trying to because a lot of people come and have these ideas of Denmark, you have to sort of explain to them that that's actually not how it is. Um, that when in Denmark, when we had the, it's called masking, but it's like the ban on burqas, that was signed, if I remember correctly, doing distortion. And distortion didn't just turn into a huge demonstration, which 
at the moment, I think I was still in the so at the moment I didn't really sort of like notice it, but now looking back at this, be like, how the fuck did that not just turn into the biggest fucking outcry? Um, so this idea of standing up for others. And also the taking action immediately, yep. as we talked about earlier. I think maybe Danes are a little more, oh, someone, some organization will do something. I yep. will stick to my party and and then deal with it later. But here, it's like you say in the pandemic, the moment something hit, there is a community fridge. There's like people doing, because they are not used to someone and uh, an organization yep. or the the government to do doing anything so you just you mobilize and strategize and everything killer mike also yeah. is saying and you no. take action because you can't depend on others to do it yeah and and i think i think that a lot of that comes down to the things that we don't talk about in denmark that that everyone is so is, is quite often it's just like keeping pleasant conversation yeah and avoiding the hard topics um talking like why isn't there more conversation amongst my friends i sometimes think about like this whole fucking ghetto list we're the only wo- only country in the western world has a government sponsored ghetto list that just got re-signed into law and my instagram wasn't immediately filled with people mm. saying what the fuck do you think that people in Denmark are less integrated with I feel like in the US you know like you say the diversity is very different from in Denmark and you you meet people from so many different places in so many different contexts and situations where in Denmark you are you are much more in your bubble like you don't know anybody who yeah. is uh, looking to be sent back to Syria. Yeah. You don't know it's 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 a little more distant where in at least I mean it is also across the US. But in a way there there is a little more like even though I feel like Denmark pride itself with solidarity and yeah. I also think that is a strong value but some sent goes to everyone in society. Yeah. It's not signed off for a certain group and like again yeah um, when so today when we're speaking uh, the the verdict is just in that Chauvin was found guilty on all three accounts yes when the situation happened on Memorial Day last year very quickly there there was a lot of outpour of support and uh, the radio station that I uh, love Uh, over here is called KEXP is in Seattle and they put out a letter of support they had uh, a black member of the staff write this letter for them but what I thought was so magical was that they then looked at themselves for like okay we do have BIPOC people on the staff but our regular slot Monday to Friday the prime time slots that we have are all white people we're gonna change that And two weeks later, they had restructured their schedule to allow um, two uh, two black men to be on the regular, which I thought was 
that's the response because what they're saying like, like we it's not enough that we just write a letter of support we actually have to show this within our community and within our organization and i thought that was so inspired uh, so i wrote a letter to um, psx beat which i was listening to a lot at that time and telling them this story and saying like this is amazing and like if we reflect on this and reflect on what is it that you have on your platform these are primarily it's there's, there's as far as i could count there's one guy who's half turkish but that's it everyone else is white dead things there is a vast majority of them that's men uh, so i wrote them about this and the response i got back was about they were trying to be better on on having they were focusing on the woman issue which is okay it wasn't really what i was talking about and then they said like yeah but we don't get any applications mm. from people that are not ethnical white danes and so i followed up with them and said like that is not good enough because kexp didn't get any applications they went out and were proactive and found people of a certain status to get them in and get them acquainted which has led me to buying more records of uh, of people of color that I didn't even know before because it was closed it was a closed loop for me um, and so this response I think is I think that's very much on the point of like that's why I am hesitant about if I'm ever actually going to end up coming back to Denmark yeah it sounds um, like a a quick a quick action from a independent mm. radio uh, station and should we do like a shout out to KEXP <laughs> but yeah <laughs> it's it is nice to hear stories about organizations who actually take action and not just post a, a square and uh, yeah 